get a shooting chance on. The Fries doing well, very well indeed. Goal number two for Mark De Fries. But surely now the group stage is back in the hearts. Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel for Make Some Noise, episode two of our post-European immediate match reaction. I am Laurie Dunsire and this time I'm the one who's just rushed back having been at the game and I'm all over the place Hmm. and Mark is hopefully, Mark Donaldson is hopefully the slightly more composed and organised one. Oh, I was composed. I was organised. I was, I was hopeful at half time, and then the world kind of caved in and it went to shit. That hurts, as Craig Gordon said in his post game interview with the BBC that they actually managed to stay on air for <laughs> this time, having lost a huge chunk of the second half to whatever reason. It hurts. It was a game that was there for the taking. It was a team that were there for the beating. And we didn't get it done, so we'll explain or try and explain why that's the case over the next half hour or so. Yes, indeed. Um, I mean, we'll try to start on a bit of a lighter note. I can. I'm just like I've literally just got in the door coming back from <laughs> from Tyne Castle. It's twenty past eleven UK time, so I've not had a chance to really look back over anything because the um, BBC feed for the game lost was lost completely. I've not even seen replays of a lot of things. So a different challenge tonight, but I see that you've posted on Twitter how you were watching quite a bit of the second half, which was via WhatsApp video from from Ryan McGowan and, and myself. Um, and I, I, you've probably been in these situations before. So I was told it's not going out anywhere. But I just have to, you kind of have to keep commentating. I was like, but it might come back on. So I feel like I should just commentate. But I was effectively commentating for you for about 10 minutes and you alone. And that's really kind. There was one bit you were like, you were talking about VMix and everything like that, which actually went out out on air. And I don't think you know that it went out on air. You've just got to be really careful in a situation like that because you just don't know who's listening. So if you drop an F-bomb or a, a Thunder Bastard or something like that, there's bound to be dear points of view complaints and letters written and all sorts but it just that the whole losing coverage and the the after the red card it just summed everything up it just it went to shit and that is it's so frustrating that 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 happened it's ultimately it's the difference between domestic football where you can get away with things if you're not playing the better teams you get away with nothing in your it's a step up and you have to step up with it. But I have to say, at halftime, I don't know if I could have been prouder. That The atmosphere, but the performance in the first half. And it depends what way you want to look at this, right? Is your glass half full or is your glass half empty? That was brilliant to watch in the first half. We dominated a decent side, the Swiss champions, right? Now, forget the way that they've started the season. Because... As BBC pointed out on Radio Scotland prior to the game, the English, not champions, but the side Liverpool, who were close last season, have had a horrible start to the season as well. Does it make them a bad team overnight? No, 
not really. But we made them look bang average. The problem is, of the chances that they had, few and far between, they were clinical because they know how to respond at that level. So that was a learning curve for us. But the biggest positive tonight is the European dream continues. The annoyance is it's not in the Europa League. Indeed. So we'll have a very quick reaction tonight in our Make Some Noise instalment, which is just a very raw, immediate reaction over the next maybe 20 minutes or so. Okay, so let's take it back to pre-game. Um, mm. Robbie Nielsen, only big miss, really. Well, new miss, Craig Halkett, who went off in the first leg, um, unavailable for, we think, about another maybe 10 days. So he was out. Other than him, it's the long-term absentee, Benny Beningame, who was missing. Um, so a pretty strong hearts team. I think what Robbie yeah. Nielsen was looking at, or what we were fed back, the formation was, was a 4-1-4-1 to begin with, with Gordon mm-hmm. and Goals, Smith right, Cochrane left. Kingsley rolls in the centre of defence. Devlin the sitting role with Forrest right, Mackay left. Boyce and Grant in the centre with, of course, Boyce the more likely to advance. And Lawrence Shankland up front. So um, I like that team and a lot of attacking yeah. threat in it. Yeah, he could have gone 4 2 3 1, but just playing George Grant in a kind of flexible, uh, along with Liam Boyce, kind of patrol that area. But it was as much the tactics. I liked the lie. I liked how attack minded it was. But you could see that Robbie Nielsen, Lee McCullough, Gordon Forrest, they've done their homework. Where is their weakness? Well, one of their strengths is also their weaknesses. One of their strengths is Adrian Guerrero, the Spanish left wing back, getting forward. But his weakness is defending. And the gaps when he does go forward that he leaves in behind. So to see, and it's, it's easy to identify something, he's still got to play the passes. Cochrane's delivery and the distribution to go Cochrane to Forrest to get in behind or to pin them back to ensure that you weren't going to be attacked from that side, I thought was fantastic in the first half. So the way that we were set up, we had potentially two attackers. You could easily push Boyce alongside Shanklin. Devlin, I thought, was outstanding in the first half. Yeah, he kind of played definitely. the role of, of of two players. I thought he was I thought possibly our best player, actually, up there with like some McCann. Yeah, I, I think there's an asterisk um, on that until the sending off. There's a whole host of players that could have been in contention for that. It's very but difficult. Yeah, yeah. I think we also we also saw Laurie that you could put Stephen Kingsley in goal and he'd probably be really steady. I mean, there's a left footed left back. Who normally plays left centre back, sometimes plays in the middle of a three, now playing on the right of a two. I mean, and, and didn't solid. put a foot wrong. Oh my God, he's so solid. And I believe he got taken off with a knock. Hopefully he's okay. And because we'll need him at the weekend, you'll have to play left back um, because Cochrane's suspended against yeah. St. Johnston. So I thought he was he was outstanding. Honestly, C- Craig Gordon, I don't know if he, if he would have needed to, to even change his top at halftime. He had nothing to do in that in that first half. He did have one thing having seventy four percent of possession. No, no. There's one thing having seventy four percent of possession. You got to have that better quality in attack. Remember what we were talking about: the difference between Boyce and Shankland, and the difference between being clinical and scoring goals, but needing more chances to do so. Shankland's on the end of that. From Boyce, we score. Boyce hasn't scored in ten. Low in confidence. I still would have played him from the start, but 
Oh, my God. That's the difference between the Europa League and the Conference League. That's the difference. Yeah, I mean, the first big chance is, well, it was kind of a call a half chance for Alan Forrest, 14 minutes in. Decent shot, moving onto his left foot. I thought he was lively at times. Um, four stars. That was excellent first half, yep. Forced a, a solid save um, from goalkeeper Brescher. And then he had a bigger chance about 20 minutes later, which this is where I thought you just need to have that little extra bit of quality because as it rolled to him, as it, as it was played to him, the right side of the box, it's like hit it first time, low at the bottom corner, but he takes that touch and it allows the... Um, the big uh, cost of an international defender who was, I thought, very he was good for solid, them. by the way. Big, yeah, Crejou, the big solid six six defender to get in that lock with his big long legs to, to get in there. But that was just where you think you need that just slightly quicker thinking, just a bit of a level above. Like maybe in the Scottish Premiership for a lot of games, you'll get away with taking a touch there, but yep. this is a higher level. Um, and then Boyce is the big chance, isn't it? You highlighted that. Good oh. ball in from the right from, from Forrest. Two minutes left in the first half. And some people will say he did the right thing, headering it down, but I think he just needs to send it back across the goal. Um, you know, when you head it down that much, there's always a risk it's gonna do that looping back up in the air like it did. And that was when you start to feel like, you know, we can't we can't spurn chances against no. the Swiss in this against the Swiss champions in a Europa League playoff. It's not it's a level, apart from when you're playing maybe Rangers or Celtic, it's a level above what we're doing most weeks. Um, the other thing as well, Laurie, is if Boyce had come into the game on the back of Shanklin's goal-scoring run of, of late, he probably scores that. Because he's a goal-scorer. He knows where the goal is. He just, right from the start, his first touch nearly gave it away. and I think he, he then gave it away with one of his other touches. And you just saw a player who will never hide, which I love about him, Liam Boyce, but he just he's so desperate for a goal, whether you try too hard or your mind wanders. or I, I don't know what it is. I've never played the game. Um, I'm sure Ryan um, could, could explain the next time that, that he's on what goes through a player's mind if you are short of confidence. But it just it, it wasn't it wasn't his night. And you're, you're right. This is a this is a level where you have to be clinical. We're going to go through later on in the show the teams that we could face. And also yeah. the teams that we'll no longer face now because we're in the conference rather than the Europa League. The bottom line is, every team at this level is likely to punish you if you don't punish them. And that's the difference between playing a, a team like that or playing at home against the side you're expected to beat in Scotland. I mean, the other thing to to talk about in the first half, you know, Hearts are good at three quarters of possession. They created a couple of big chances. They moved it around well against a, a Zurich side who were happy to to not sit in as much, but defend sensibly and make Hearts, I guess, work for the room. Um, but the referee, you know, you I think you highlighted before, and I mentioned it in commentaries, I think he'd shown quite a few cards recently, can be quite card happy. And for a first half where there was really no challenges of note, to be honest, the fact that he showed three yellow cards just summed up his performance. I thought he was very inconsistent, um, George Grant was booked, I thought, very harshly. You can say, yes, it was Not a yet. foul. Not Doesn't yet. need to book him there. Um, and I felt that kind of set the tone a little bit. It was inconsistent, I think, is a problem. Because we'll get onto, into the Erratic. second half. Yeah, into the second half. And Franco Fora realised his side were up against it. They were playing poorly. He made a few changes at the break. And they played with more purpose and tempo. 
at the start of the second half. You could tell that it wasn't going to be the same half. Hearts were not going to get as much of the ball. Um, but 10 minutes into the second period, he's already booked Shanklin again when he fell over, basically. Um, Grant goes into the box. And in real time, he does really well. Lovely nutmeg with the first touch. In real time, from where I am, back at the wheat field, it's a penalty. I'm sure it's a penalty. Looks like he's gone through. The challenges come in and he's taken him out. Um, couldn't believe when he ran over and showed him the yellow and then realised it was the second yellow. But you see this, you see the replay and it is the right call. He, he He's going down. There's maybe some contact afterwards, but he goes down. Um, I guess the problem is that is the right call. It's a second yellow card at that point. But there was just no consistency about his decision-making throughout the game, even if he actually technically got that particular call mm -hmm. correct. Yeah, I think you've summed it up very well. The bottom line is, when you're on a yellow, whether you deserve it or not, whether you feel it's harsh or whether it's not, you have to be careful. Now, if that penalty is awarded, if he is able to con the referee, <laughs> we're taking it and we're running. If that happens against us, we want him shown a second yellow and we want him sent off. If that's one of their players, and by the way, there was one of the challenges in the first half, and I can't remember if it led to a yellow card. It was a Hearts player challenging um, their Ukrainian player, Vunik. And it was a total dive yeah, by their yeah. player. And he got the decision. Hearts were penalised. So he gets a decision from diving, yet Grant is booked for diving. There's your inconsistency and your erratic behaviour from the referee. It doesn't excuse what happened. And I guarantee you, a hundred times that happens, you're never going to get 100 referees giving a yellow, a second yellow for, for diamond. He's going to be able to con some of them. I don't know how many, but well, some of them. I thought I thought the, the Zurich players were conning him quite a bit. And he was there was a moment where he gave, so Shanklin slipped. And then went into a tackle. You could see he basically apologised as he slipped and he gave him a yellow card. And a few moments later, Vunick came in oh, and left his boot. Tackle. Went right through Kai Rolls. Yeah. And you know, it's clear yellow to the point where you think that ref might even think it's harsher. It's not more than a yellow, but he was being no. that card happy. And he's right in front of it and he just it's, gives a free yeah. kick in. So I think that's where there's frustrations. You know, okay, you decided to get that call correct, but why did you get that one correct and you got all these other ones wrong? So it's one of those where you felt we didn't get the rub of the green in terms of, you know, when the referee decided to actually get things right, it was against us. No, um, but you make your own luck. You, yes. You make, your, you make your own luck and, and you can't have all those, all that possession. There's possession and there's good possession. And I thought a lot, I thought the intensity Hearts played in the first half was, was outstanding. I thought the fans were absolutely brilliant. Everyone asked them, Robbie Nielsen, everyone asked them just to get there early, make a noise. You know their fans are going to make a noise. Some rascals in their support, by the way. Mm. And it was a it was a brilliant atmosphere. Mum and Dad were at the back of the, the Gorgi stand, said they can't remember hearing Time Castle as loud as it was. It was up there with the Aberdeen 2006 night, as far as noise is, is concerned, if not even better. So Hearts fans did, did everything. The bottom line is, the tie was over after 54 minutes, and that was that was the haymaker. That was the the sleek it punch, and they didn't even do it. It was us. It was ultimately it was self inflicted yeah. because after that, it was just like a giant pin had been put in a huge balloon and all the kind of air. And if I'm Franco Foda, by the way, at halftime, 
I'm saying to my players, look, that was dreadful. But you know what? That's the best they've got. And they haven't been able to, to score against us. So he made a couple of changes. And when you're on top at this level, you've got to make it count. We didn't. We had a man sent off. You can argue all day long about the second yellow and the first yellow. The bottom line is that's just excuses. So we've got to learn from this. We've got to be better. We've got to be more streetwise because anybody who plays in Europe on a regular basis is streetwise. And that's what we have to learn. Yeah, I mean, I was going to, I was going to actually mention that when we we're talking about it. Although, you know, I'm looking at some of the reaction. I've got a few tweets um, about some things and some of them mentioning the, you know, the Swiss side and how they approach the game. Um, you know, maybe being more streetwise about it. Um, you know, apart from Craig Gordon, there's next to no European experience in that team. You know, Craig Gordon's got, I think that was his 79th European game. Um, mm-hmm. all in with, with Hearts and Celtic whereas the rest of the team is not very much Liam Boyce has played a handful for Cliftonville about 10 years ago um, so it is a whole different ball game at this level and you're right after that I mean um, Missouri kind of took the game to us and I think they knew there was no way we were turning that around um, to be fair Craig Gordon didn't have an awful lot to do he saved from Nyonto but other than that, until he picked the ball out the net, wasn't too much for him to do. Fairly quiet night. It was a, it was a good finish um, in the end, but disappointing for Hearts. But in the end, it didn't really matter. And I probably summed up that I thought you were going to say put, someone put a pin in the BBC cabling because I think someone um, took a scissors to them or satellite or whatever. Well, that was a disgrace because the feed went down, and I thought it was just us at first. But no, the feed went down for for everyone, and because because the Hearts TV feed is based off the the main one, which is BBC, obviously we were affected and um, yeah, that's when it took to me holding my phone up and trying to be cameraman and commentator for Mark Donaldson for for yes. 10 minutes and then f- fittingly, um, it came back on about the very second that the ball smashed into the back of the net for the goal that put the game to bed. It, this is about learning. It's a steep learning curve, but it's one we're going to have to get used to. If we want to be playing at this level on an annual basis, and hopefully the money earned from the Conference League or the Europa League had we been in there, will allow us to produce on this stage every single year. But we have to learn. What did we learn? Well, before a ball was even kicked, if that game required an impact from the bench, it was limited. It was very limited. So our squad is nowhere near big enough. And you saw tonight, assuming Kingsley did pick up a knock, if he doesn't play at the weekend, we've got Cochrane suspended. Lewis Nielsen might have to come in. Kai Rolls, I don't know what they do. They probably play three at the back and Halliday as a left wing back um, against St. Johnston. But that's that's going. That's three days from now. That'll take care of itself. We need to have more strength and depth. That squad we've got right now is far too shallow. Uh, Toby Civic, I, th- I don't know if it's his brother or whoever we've signed, because it's not Toby Civic we had first time. Um, Connor Smith, Gary Mackay, Stephen, Finley Pollock, Natty Atkinson, Lewis Nielsen, Andy Halliday, uh, and Peter Haring. So Haring's the only one that you'd say is going to start probably most weeks. The rest of them, they're just they're fluff. They're just there. If if they were going to make a an impact, they would have made it by now. So we need another striker. We need another centre back, and we need someone in there. Um, well. You could argue we need kind of we need cover that someone can play on the right hand side, but also in in midfield as well. I think we're three short 
of okay, right, I'm I'm okay with this squad going into the conference league right now. Doesn't matter who we draw, we're, we're we're going to be in trouble if we pick up one or two injuries. And I just hope now, Laurie, that as a result of knowing where we are going to play, we might have missed out on one or two targets who would only have come if we'd been in the Europa League. But we've still got a platform for them. But we need to add to the squad. We've got about a week left. That squad right now, once you get past the first 11, maybe first 12, ain't good enough. Looking at some of the reaction, I got a few tweets after the game. Flitch said, Ref was hugely inconsistent, which didn't help the game or us. We were excellent in the first half, but had no chance when Grant was sent off. We don't have enough cover in the squad, which is exactly what you're saying, Mark. We need to learn lessons fast. By the way, what happened to our proposed experienced European signings? So I think we'll see a few more signings over the next um, week or so before the, the window closes. Um what else do we get? Scott Leishman says, Halka injury and the Grant dive, the big turning points in the tie. Very fair. He says, Hearts, though, were outstanding until the red card and hard to believe we weren't ahead. We draw Fiorentina, West Ham, Nice, Slavia, Prague or Villarreal and no one will care what the name of the trophy is. Um, Craig Dix is encouraging how good we were for 50 minutes. Grant has to put his hand up for that. Some brilliant European nights still to come for the, JT, the JITs. And to be fair, so, you know, I saw some people tagging George Grant on Twitter and giving him, you know, borderline abuse. And, well, they're not Hearts fans. They're just and, idiots. And let, let, let's get it right. It's stupid from George Grant. I hope he's gone in the dressing room and said, I'm sorry, boys. You know, that was on me. Should have done it. Blah, blah, blah. Players make mistakes. Um, I really don't like, I, I don't like cheating. There's a lot of things, you know, mistakes are one thing. I'd, I'd hate to see that. So I hope, you know, Robbie or whoever's, had a word with him afterwards, but yeah, you know, it happens. Do you know what the weird thing about that is, though? I said about the 100 referees and not all of them are going to book him for diving. If that referee gives us a penalty, Charles Grant stays on the field, we maybe score it, we might go on to win the tie. So, I don't like cheating, but when you're streetwise, if you're going to do that, you have to do it better. Right, and that wasn't done well enough. You've got to make it look like when we yeah. see a replay, we still yeah. can't decide. I, I still don't like it. But, yeah. but but listen, if the other teams are going to do it to us at that level and benefit from it because they're better at cheating than us, mm. are we just going to say, yeah. it doesn't sit right, I get that, but if it's the difference between 10 million quid or nothing... I know. I, I, just, you know I, just... I don't like it, but there comes a time whereby... If you're going to play dirty, I'm going to play dirty. And for their guy to be given a free kick for diving and our guy to get a free kick against them for diving, their guy dived better than ours. I yeah. hate the fact that I'm trying to advocate that we should dive. We shouldn't dive. However, if the referee gives a penalty for that, we'll say we're fortunate. It's, it's, a, it's a very gray area. And I can't advocate, as a, a parent, I can't advocate cheating because it's not right. But as a hypocritical football fan, if it's to our benefit and it happens, we just look the other way. This time we got caught. Hell mend us. It's our own fault. I don't like it. If he's going to do that again, he does it when he's not been booked. But you're not thinking you've already been booked when you do it. So I might be arguing against myself here. I don't like it, but if we'd given a penalty, would we have been talking about it and saying he's a disgrace? No. 
we, we wouldn't have done. So uh, there you go. Have some of that. Whatever that means. I don't Yeah. But just, yeah, going around tagging a Hearts player and telling them to F off and things. Just that is That's not right. absolutely uncalled for. Um, and so Mark Quinn says, it could be a blessing in disguise. You'd like to think we could have some level of success in the conference, which will help momentum in the league. It's important we make European football a much more regular occurrence. And that's a very good point, Mark. And let's move it on to being a little bit more positive. Because, yeah, look, I, I, I can't remember if I said in the podcast that I was just saying it um, off air. I, I really want us to win tonight. But unlike previous times we've been watching Hearts in Europe, I want us to win tonight for almost the experience and the win on the night more so than the reward at the end of it because we had that kind of cushion, the fallback of the conference. And I did see on the podcast, I'd still never been entirely sure where there's, although I wanted us to go through, where there's realistically bigger picture conference might be better because Thursday night's getting spanked, 5-6-0 against <laughs> Arsenal or Roma or Lazio or Man United and then going to your Sunday games. That's a bit of a confident shredder and that's not to say yep. we couldn't get some really tough draws in the conference but let's have a look at the teams because I know you've got mm. the list there so yeah, talk, talk, talk us through the teams that we could be getting in tomorrow's draw which happens probably today when you're listening to this but the Friday draw that happens in Turkey yeah the, the Friday draw which will probably be concluded by Sunday if the Champions League draws anything to go by and now a look at the history of this city of this team that have qualified in part one of the UEFA Champions League Part one of the Conference League, we will face one of these teams. Villarreal, top seeds. Basel, this, these are, we're going down um, coefficient from top to, to bottom in each pot. So Villarreal, Basel, Slavia Prague, AZ, Ghent, Istanbul Basakse here, Partizan Belgrade, and West Ham United. Start with the top seeds, and I'm not going to go through every single team. But I commentated on Villarreal at the weekend. Right? That would just be enjoy yourselves in Spain because you're not getting anything from it, but you'll have a good time. They won at Atletico Madrid, right? And they were they were excellent. That's the semi-finalists of the Champions League last year that gave Liverpool a run for their money uh, until the goalkeeper chucked a couple in. Um, Slavia Prague, look, they're all tough. Look what Azed did to Dundee United. West Ham, the lowest coefficient in pot one and probably one of the strongest sides in there. So this conference league, Laurie, is about finishing second. Whereas if we were in the Europa League, it would have been about minimum finishing third to continue after Christmas. Need to be top two in this. So that's pot one. As far as a trip is concerned for Hearts fans, easiest to get to is London. Of course it is. Do you want to go back to Switzerland for Basel? We've already been there. We've won there. Prague, we've been there three times with Slavia, with Sparta, with Dukla. Um, Netherlands would be easy Basel. to get to. <laughs> yeah, well, and Istanbul. I mean, warm, hot at that time of year, especially if you get them on match day one or two and it's kind of September, I'd be roasting. So that's not the real, that's the glamour. right? That's where you, you okay, let's get a decent trip out of that because the likelihood is you're getting nothing from the away game. Home might be different. Pot two, we're going to face one of these sides. Coefficient from highest to lowest. Cluj, Molde, Stade Bucharest, who are now called FCSB, Fiorentina, Cologne, Hapoel Beersheva, Apollon Limassol, and Slovan Bratislava. 
any of those that you want to avoid? Because Fiorentina would be the one. Oh, you'd Fiorentina, want to... you want to avoid, although it would be a, um, is it the Artemio, it's Artemio Frankie, uh, uh, isn't it? In Florence, some Hearts fans in Florence. I mean, jeez. Great trip, but a very tough team. I mean, you know, them, Cologne, maybe you want to avoid. Other than that, you know, they're not to say that they're teams that you would beat, but you'd fancy your chances against the other teams. Um, well, Cluj won at Old Trafford under a certain Hearts yep. former manager, Paolo Sergio. Indeed. Haven't played yep. in the Champions League for quite some time. They've dropped out and dropped down and dropped down and dropped down from from other competitions. So they're now in the in the conference. Managed Again, by Dan Petrescu. Yep. Yep. Um Transylvania. Again, part of the world I'm sure most Hearts fans haven't been to. Uh that'd be great to see Norway take your take or mortgage your, your house to get drinks there. Um so we've got a twenty five percent chance of going to Romania. Cluj or or Stal Bucharest, FCSB. So I mean Cologne would be a brilliant trip. An absolutely yeah. brilliant trip, but I would I would fear that that would be tough. If we got a decent side in pot one and Cologne in pot two or Fiorentina, you're gonna have to take care of business at Tynecastle because yeah. you're not gonna get much on your travels. Yeah. So you're looking for I mean, it depends. Pot one's tough because you're quite an even you want to avoid, you know, West Ham I absolutely want to avoid because it's London, which isn't very exciting. Um, and they're also <laughs> both legs, and they're a very strong team. Um, Ghent, I would take. I take Ghent. I think Ghent. Um, Ghent probably. I, I'd quite like a trip to. I wouldn't mind a trip to Prague. I know we've had them a few times, but I wouldn't mind that. No, um, the, the the big difference in Port One, Laurie, is is Villarreal, Basel, and Slavia Prague coefficient is way above the rest. Yeah, we saw what Azed did to Dundee United. I think you're looking at Ghent. Istanbul or Partizan Belgrade, that would be a hell of a trip to Serbia. Very back tough to Belgrade. Game. Yeah. So Gen or Istanbul Bashaksha here, both would probably beat us. However, at Tyne Castle, you'd maybe have a chance. So two out of the eight. Ooh. And then so, the yeah. pot two, Molda. I don't I mean I think to be honest, to me, you want to avoid Fiorentina and Cologne. Yeah. Um the other ones, you know, I've not look. I've not sat in and looked into them too much, so I'm basing it on some very loose recent knowledge. The other ones, without going into them right now, yeah, I would hard to, to split them all. But there's games, you know, there are teams there that you think we'd have a shot, at, especially at home, and then see what you can do away. So, yeah, pot four is the pot four is an interesting pot, one because you've got some real. Real, uh, it's the one where you have a real big mix. There's actually oh. a couple, a couple of decent teams in there, and some that you know don't attempt fate, but some are shite. Well, yeah. Let's let's, let's be honest. I watched uh, RFS Riga played Linfield tonight, and and they were two 0 down. I think in injury time, first game, and, and came back against Linfield. Linfield got thumped by FC Zurich, and then Riga were one 0 down, pushing for an equaliser. Lost possession of the ball. Linfield had a four-on-one. And they played the wrong pass. It went to the goalkeeper. He played it up the field. They scored an own goal, Linfield. Um, at the, right at the end of extra time. Then it went to penalties and, and Riga won it. Right, So Riga and Balkany from Kosovo are the two teams. And Punic, Yerevan, Jurgarden, Silkborg. Those are the sides that you kind of you, you would want. You want to avoid Nipro, although who knows what state they're kind of in. 
right now their their season or their football's just restarted in in yeah. Ukraine. Lech Poznan, I mean, for a trip, brilliant. For the chance of finishing the top two, if you get two really tough ones from pot one and pot two, and you get Lech Poznan, no, very difficult. At least we avoid Nice, Anderlecht, Zalgiris, Vilnius, Austria-Vienna, Sivaspor, FC Vaduz got into pot three and Shamrock Rovers. So none of them we can face because we're in pot three as well. It's just exciting. And if if you'd offered us at the start of the season, you'd said, right, you're going to be playing in the the group stage of the, the conference league without kicking a ball. I mean, you're like, where do I sign? If you didn't know that you were going to be in the Europa, if that was the prize, if finishing third and reaching the cup final was direct entry into the, the, the conference league, you're happy with that because you know you're getting at least six games. So tonight hurts and it's a case of what might have been, but as long as we learn from it, we need to be more streetwise going into these six games. Let's just hope it's a mixture of a chance to maybe finish top two and a, a glamorous trip or a, a couple of decent trips. And I think we'll be all right with that because there's a lot of other Scottish football fans that wouldn't mind being in our position right now. Yeah, and I mean, in terms of the initial finance, it's €3 million, Euros, just under €3 million Euros for the conference rather than €3.6 for the UEFA Europa League. But you also get a quarter of a million pounds, some of these are Euros, some of them are pounds, um, cushion if you lose the Europa League playoff for having to drop down to the conference. So there's very little difference in that. And you still earn half a million euros for a win, which I think is about £420,000 and €166,000 for a draw. So it's about £140,000. Um, it's only... Well, Hearts could win all six games, but they still wouldn't be able to pay off what the Hearts fans spent in St Gallen and those who, who ordered double vodkas in the nightclub. <laughs> Indeed. So, exciting times. We've got a draw yeah, tomorrow. It's disappointing, ultimately. And I think, um, I think from a learning curve perspective, this will hopefully give us more of a gradual progression in Europe. You know, we could still, we could still land and write Howler of a group and get Villarreal, get Fiorentina and get Dnipro. And there's a, good chance that you're finishing bottom and you might not get a win on the board um, but hopefully it's somewhere at least in between or you get a generous group and I just I did have that fear and I know I, I spoke about it a few times in the podcast said I don't know which route is best and ultimately very disappointing that we lost a game you never like to lose games but yeah I, I feared for us in the Europa League not just for the individual games doesn't look great on TV you know, you're traveling, you're getting beat, or teams are coming to Tincastle and sticking four or five past you because you're playing massive teams who are so far ahead of us, and we're just not in that stratosphere at this point. Um, but also for confidence for the weekend, you know, it's hard to mm -hmm. pick yourself up, doesn't matter. You understand that you're playing well, guys, of course, we're playing Arsenal, they've got they've got a, a, unbelievable riches, <laughs> but it's still hard to pick yourself up, I think, after getting uh -huh. beat six. After get beat six 0 but and run ragged to then pick yourself up for a league game at the weekend. Yeah. Um. So I think maybe bigger picture there are some benefits to being in the conference at this stage. We're probably not quite ready to be competing with a lot of the teams in the Europa League. I'd so, agree. I I'd agree. And Craig Levine said something similar pre-game on BBC Radio Scotland. He said fans don't realise the mental exhaustion that. Thursday, Sunday, 
can quickly take its toll, especially this season where you've got back-to-back game weeks a couple of times because of getting everything in before the World Cup in November. And he says, I mean, for example, he was talking about the Hearts players tonight. Everything this week's been focused on this game. And it's like, it's a huge high that can quickly become a, a massive low, but you've got to regroup, recover, and right boy, St. Johnston on Sunday is just like, fuck, oh Christ, we've just had this. But that, that's just as important. You've got to take care of your bread and butter. That's what gets you back to where we are right now. So a lot depends on the draw. Rangers might not end up in Chris, in in, in uh, European football after Christmas with the draw that, that, that they got. Same with Celtic. But the difference between the Europa League, certainly from a Rangers perspective, and Champions League is probably about 25 million quid. It's not like that, as you quite rightly pointed out. The difference between the, the the Conference League and the Europa League. A bit of luck in the draw, you're going to have more of a chance to to pick up victories or certainly draws. And we might end up making more money from the Conference League than we would have done from, from the Europa League. I just hope Parts fans get three really good trips out of this one. But I also hope we have a chance of, of finishing in the top two in the group. And you've got to remember as well, for some of the bigger teams... Villarreal, think about it this way. Doing their game on, on Sunday against Atletico Madrid, and they won 2-0, and they were outstanding. Really, really good. They've gone from Champions League semi-finalists under Unai Emery to playing in the Conference League. That might end up being something similar to Premier League sides in England in the early rounds of the FA Cup. Whereas, it might be fringe players that play. It's the Conference League for them. They might They have to win it to get into the Europa League next season, unless it's through the league position, which is a likelihood. So it might be, it might be Villarreal, but it might be a mixture of first team and, and whatever. We're delighted to be in Europe. We're not going to rest players. So this is an opportunity for us. And if it's West Ham, same for them. Conference League, you saw how they did last season and they took it seriously and they enjoyed themselves and they came pretty close in the UEFA Cup or Europa League, sorry, to to going well. The perception of the Conference League, for us, is great. For other teams, it might not be as important. So there's a lot of ifs, buts, and and maybes. But you know what? We're doing Thursday night podcasts now, and there's going to be eight of them this season. This is our second one. I'd much rather do that than be in the house with nothing to talk about because my team's not playing in Europe. I love this, but we've got to learn from the mistakes that we made tonight and be more streetwise, and hopefully this is a regular occurrence of part of Midlothian Football Club back in European football on a regular basis. All right, before we go, very quick look to Hart Midlothian against Ryan McGowan FC on Sunday, <laughs> St Johnston. Um, will will the men in maroon pick themselves up, or will our Aussie pal manage to take advantage at Tynecastle? If Kingsley doesn't play, Cochrane's out. Civic probably suspended. Mm. Well, yeah. Um, it's probably. <laughs> Sorry, did that one not concern you? <laughs> um, sometimes it's. Uh, what was it the band Westlife said? You say it best when you say nothing at all. Let's move on. Um, yeah, players will be different. Uh, different, like fitness wise, how much they put into that. It's probably going to be, it might have to be a three at the back. It might have to be a four with, with um, Andy Halliday at left back. We, we don't know. We should beat St. Johnston. Um, 
they're, they're they're there for the taking. But there's no point in putting everything into Thursday and forgetting about Sunday. This is just as important now because it's our next game. We've got St. Johnston at home, we've got Kilmarnock in the League Cup, and then we travel to Livingston. Different week. Totally different preparation. Mentally different as well. We've got the players that are capable of beating them, but this is what it's all about, and that's why we need to add to the squad. And if we haven't added at least two players to the squad over the next week, I'll be disappointed because that squad, therefore, will not be strong enough to compete in both the Conference League and in the Premiership. I agree. Right. Score, goal scorer. I'll go first. I don't. I never like to go first, but I'll do it. I'm going to go 2-0 hearts because Saints can't score. I don't think... I think we'll have a little bit of... A little bit of the after effects of being midweek, so it won't quite be a, a whitewash, but we'll have enough in the end to get past them. And Alan Forrest is going to get on the score sheet, and I'm not going to call him by his brother's name. I think there'll be a hangover. I think Hearts will win. I think it'll be 1 0, and I really want it to be a McGowan own goal. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I really want that, <laughs> but that, that ain't going to happen. That ain't going to well, happen. Well, well. You never know. So, so I'm going to go for a fringe player. Um, okay. I don't know. I, I don't know if the lineup's going to be similar to the Celtic lineup. Well, certainly, Craig will start and goal. I don't think there'll be as many changes, but I think fringe. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Gary Mackay Stephen. Okay, interesting left field and and, and one nil. Okay. Hearts. Well, hopefully it's a, a win and commiserations to Mister McGowan when it happens. Um, but. Hearts have not managed to make the Europa League group stages, but they are in the conference. Hopefully it's a good draw when it takes place tomorrow at the time of recording. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week to review that draw, to talk about that win against Ryan McGowan's uh, lacklustre St. Johnston side. This is going to come back to bite me if we don't win. Um, until then, you can get in touch on Twitter at Around the Funnel or you can email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk. Till then, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs>